Welcome to the Live Well Podcast. I'm your host, Liv, a naturopathic doctor, mentor, energy healer, Akashic reader, intuitive, energetic business mentor, and honestly, so much more. I help you heal on a physical and emotional level so that you can feel delicious in your health, body, relationships, career, and bank account. This show is for those of you who are looking to go beyond the basic wellness stuff, cut out the BS, and really create a life you love. We talk about health, trauma healing, energetics, feminine energy, wealth, and magnetism so that you can live a life that feels delicious. In these episodes, we will have an honest conversation without the fluffy bullshit. You walk away with all of the insights, tools, and tips to truly live your best life, mind, body, and soul. If you are looking to live well, you are in the right place. For ways to work with me, visit keepupwithlive.com and follow me on Instagram at keepupwithlive for more. And with that, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Live Well podcast. I am so excited to have this guest on the show. She is someone that I have listened to her podcast probably for forever now. I followed her. She's just such a good, wholesome, authentic human. One of those people where you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't like follow her. And well, we're going to get into all the amazing stuff that she does, but I really value authentic people in the space and authentic women that are changing the world. So that is why I wanted to have her on. With that being said, welcome Mimi to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Olivia. I can't wait to be on. And I'm so honored you've listened to my show. Um, if you're one of the OGs, we've had the show for almost five years now, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, super excited to be on here and to connect with you. So for those people who don't know who you are, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you would describe what you do? I know sometimes it can be hard to put ourselves in like a couple sentences of description, but if you can, in a few words, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. So my name's Mimi. I am a Canadian that lives in the Bahamas. I've lived here for almost three years now. Um, when I was 19, I actually left Canada and I moved to London for five years. So I've kind of lived all over the place. I've always been, um, an entrepreneur at heart. So, um, I've had many different businesses in the past, but my big baby that I've had for almost two years now is superhuman, the meditation app. You might've heard of it. Um, it's a very modern approach to guided meditation. We offer meditations for every moment of the day from walking meditations to you know, guided getting ready in the morning meditations to cooking meditations. We have content for every moment of the day, and it's designed to condition your mind to be the future self through everyday mundane activities, feeling different, changing your energy in those everyday moments. Um, So that's really what I do now. And I have my podcast. I'm in the process of writing my first book. Uh, So a lot of amazing content I'm trying to create right now. Um, but it's, it's definitely a challenge juggling everything. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, owning a business and trying to do a thousand kajillion different things. I'm sure you feel the same sometimes, but, um, you know, what I teach is personal development and becoming the ultimate self. I went through a really big personal transformation, honestly, over the past five years, mostly five years ago, but since then it's been continuing to transform and I've been continuing to up-level and elevate myself into the woman that I've always wanted to be. So uh, yeah, that's what I talk about and what I teach. And I have a very unique approach to doing that. And it's a bit more pragmatic and motivational and uh, also intuitive. So that's what I do. That was such a perfect description. I also can't believe it's been three years. I remember like watching your stories when you moved to the Bahamas. It feels like it was like a year ago. I can't believe, I mean, that's what maybe the pandemic will do. It'll make you like lose track of what time is. I was like, wow, three years. 
Well, that's, we moved when COVID started. So it was almost three years ago. And I feel the same way. I'm like, whoa, we've been here for so long. What? We're like renewing our lease. And I'm like, what? I don't understand. We just moved in. Um, but yeah, totally. So let's kind of dive into, before we dive into more into superhuman, kind of what led you along that path? Because I know you've had you know, from multiple jobs to reality TV to now showing this brand, like there's been a massive evolution. So like what brought you through that evolution to then, oh, I want to create like this app to help people. Yeah, it really was just me trying everything. My approach when I was younger, because I obviously left Canada at 19, I went to university for like two seconds and quickly left, um, realized it just wasn't for me. Um, but my approach has really just been like throwing spaghetti at a wall, that kind of approach of like seeing what sticks. Um, and I've just been that way my whole life. I just try everything. So there are so many things I could tell you I tried that I failed at. Um, obviously everyone just sees the stuff that I succeeded at for, for the most part. Um, but yeah, when I moved to London, I decided to move to London, England when I was 19, just on a whim. I had no money. I had just worked at a bar that whole summer before um, trying to get as much as possible to save uh, as much as possible before moving. And I had a dream of having my own online magazine and blog that I had started. This was like eight years ago, um, seven years ago. And yeah, you know, I moved to London and because it was the, you know, very far English speaking country, then I just wanted to get out of Canada. <laughs> and um, I just started working so many different jobs to try to make rent while working my online magazine and blog. I was, you know, working at a juice bar, dog walking, babysitting, style, like interning at a styling agency. And I was really into fashion at the time before my content merged more into the personal growth space. And um, yeah, so I did everything again, that spaghetti, <laughs> like visual of me just like trying absolutely anything and seeing what stuck. And uh, my visa was soon expiring a year into my stay in London. I had a two year working visa and I had a year left and I was starting to think to myself, okay, what can I do to stay here? Because I don't have, you know, the, the money to not work and go to school, back to school here and, um, you know, live here without working. And, and I could get a visa by going to university here, but I just don't, I can't afford that. I also don't have any other funds to get like an investor's visa or any of these other visas that were um, designed for people that had more money. And I was still really young and I didn't have a lot of savings. So I thought to myself, okay, I need to get sponsored. And I wasn't working traditional nine to five job. I had tried. I actually didn't get the job. There was one job I wanted, um, but they didn't give it to me because I was too young. Um, and uh, so I was just kind of working a lot of odd jobs. And I thought to myself, how do I get sponsored to stay? So I decided that I wanted to be a TV presenter because that aligned slightly with my online magazine. I was doing videos on YouTube and um, I really like to talk and be outgoing and energetic. So I started going to a lot of these events in London. I just started networking like crazy. I was reading a lot of personal development books at the time. And one of the theories, the principles that stood out to me was your network creates your net worth. And I obviously wanted a higher net worth. So I started just meeting people everywhere. I didn't know anyone when I first moved to London a year before this, but I, you know, remember sending a copy and paste DM to everyone that I could possibly find on Instagram that had any relation to the TV industry. And I was like, hey, I'm new to London. Can I pick your brain and take you for coffee and just learn about the TV world? Because I want to get into it. And like one person responded out of the hundreds that I 
sent it to. And she brought me to my first PR event. And from there, I started meeting more people and, you know, getting, getting my connections. Um, and then I met my old TV agent and she told me, listen, if you want to get another visa to stay in London, you're going to have to, um, figure out what you're going to do fast. Cause you're not going to be able to be a TV presenter. It's a really hard industry here and they prefer a British accent. And it's just a really hard industry to get your foot in. But if you go on this reality show, um, then I'll represent you right away. And I can assure you that I'll get you a visa. So I thought to myself, okay, this is kind of a kink in my plan. I never thought of myself as doing a show, um, like this, this was like probably the best reality show you could ever go on. To be honest with you, it's like the Hills, but in England. And it's like very, it's, it's honestly not even that dramatic when you compare it to other American reality shows. It's just like a group of friends that you follow around and it's pretty much all acting anyway. So, um, and yeah, I just said, why not? And I got myself on that show. Um, and, uh, soon enough, I got a visa to stay for another couple of years and I wasn't like a huge part of that show, um, but it definitely did help me get to the next level. I started doing more brand partnerships. I had, you know, a small following before that show from my blog and stuff, but after that show, it definitely boosted me. And um, then I ultimately ended up leaving uh, a year after that um, because I met my now fiance, Ben, and he didn't really want to go on the show. And it was kind of those things that if you go on to that show with a person you actually want to be in a relationship with most of the time it fails because they just want drama. And it's this weird, hazy gray area between real and fake, you know, some storylines on the show were kind of real, but most of them weren't. So they would just like try to create any drama. So I ultimately decided to just stop giving them reasons to want to film me. And I, and I just got that visa and I stayed on that visa for an extra year while not really filming. So I got my way when it, when it comes to the show. And I like to say that I used them as much as they used me. Um, and I have no regrets from that. So, uh, yeah. And then, you know, ultimately I started getting more and more into personal growth, started launching courses and eBooks and, um, that started really kicking off with my audience. And I launched a subscription platform a couple of years later. Um, I'm missing so many failed businesses that I've tried, by the way. And I'd like to mention again, um, you have to do so much to see what sticks, but this really stuck. I launched Mimi method, which is my old subscription platform. And I had recipe videos, workouts, and these very unique guided meditations kind of at the bottom hidden just to add some extra value. But soon enough, these meditations were just becoming the most popular part of that platform. And I thought to myself, okay, I think I see just amazing product market fit with these meditations. They're so different. They're designed to do when you're walking, when you're getting ready in the morning, when you're moving your body, um, not just seated. They're not silent. They're not boring. They're energizing. They're all about visualization. And there isn't that much out there that isn't very spiritual, but again, visualization based. And, uh, so yeah, I just decided to put the money I had earned from that old subscription uh, business into a custom app and I called it superhuman because that's truly what these meditations make you feel. And I launched that over a year and a half ago now and it's grown like wildfire and it's just been an amazing journey. Um, I've been exhausted and fulfilled, but it's just so what I meant to be doing. And I finally found that thing and we're growing super fast. Um, I'm growing the team very fast. We're hiring like three big roles at the moment. Um, and we're hopefully going to be at over 
you know, 10 people on my direct team by the end of the summer or by the end of the year, um, which is big for someone that had never managed a team before, you know? Um, so I'm just trying to navigate like my role as a boss now. And there are just so many things, but yeah, that's basically my high level pitch of my life story. <laughs> I feel like I have so many different directions. I want to take so many things that you said, we're going to probably circle back to several of them, but what I really like even throughout your story that you took a hundred percent responsibility for your life and what you've kind of created now and really stepping out of that kind of more victim mode. I know you speak to taking a hundred percent responsibility and, you know, knowing where you want to get. And even in your recent podcast, talking about like living a soulful existence. So what could you share with people that kind of like, what helped you actually be like, all right, I'm radically responsible for my life. Cause that's something I speak to as well versus being like, what was me? Like, you could have been like, oh, well, this failed. I might as well not try anything else in business. Or I'm sure there were times where maybe that voice may have come up for a second, but you still kind of pushed through. So what allowed you to really take that responsibility for your life? It's really a realization that you have. And I had, I didn't have to keep convincing myself that I created my life because I had that moment of realization when I was 19, starting to read these personal growth books, maybe I was 18 or 17 when I read my first one. Jack Canfield's success principles. It's like the Bible to me. I haven't read it in years, but it's really the basics of personal growth. The first chapter is the first principle is take 100% responsibility for your life. And I read that at a time when I was in this victim mentality and I didn't really touch on who I was as a teenager. And I know that's so long ago and I was so young, but I went through everything very young and I, most of my teens like hated myself, felt terrible about who I was, was depressed, anxious, honestly, like self-harming and binging and purging, eating disorder, bulimia, like doing hard drugs in high school, like really bad stuff. Um, and I reached a breaking point when I was in my late teens. And I, I, my mom gave me my first personal growth book and I took it really seriously because what this person was saying in the book was so black and white. I, I felt clarity for the first time in a long time. And I realized that taking responsibility for my life was actually the most empowering thing in the world. And a lot of people fight me on this principle, Olivia, like I go, I go on podcasts and some people are like, but you're just privileged saying that you're a hundred percent. I'm like, no, no, I'm not in the business of victimizing people. I'm not because if you want to go victimize people because of whatever reason you have, I don't agree with that because when you victimize people, you actually deter them from being their most successful selves. I think if everyone takes that personal responsibility for where they end up in their life, the world is going to be a better place. It's empowering. It's depressing. If you've been through a lot of shit. Yeah, I've been there. It's depressing, but it's empowering more than anything. And you can't change your life unless you feel like you actually have the power to. So taking that power away from people is one of the worst things you could do, I think. Um, but yeah, to go back to the point, that's a major belief of mine. And since then, it's just been a core belief of mine. When I catch myself thinking in a victim way, I just, it doesn't align with my core belief system. So it just like, I question it, but of course it comes up. It's natural. We're humans, but everything I've created in my life is my fault. Everything that I haven't created yet is also my fault, but it's coming and the things I want are on their way. Cause I know that I have the power to create that. 
I'm so glad we're on the same wavelength about this because I like you said it's the people with the butt and the butt I hear the butt like too all the time and I think what you said about taking your power back versus sometimes I think when you're in victim it's like you think the power rest with someone else or something else like an external outside of you versus when you get out of that you're actually claiming your power back and like okay no I actually have the power to change it it's a completely like you said different value system different way of looking at the world when you realize oh I could change this yeah yeah absolutely it's revolutionary and ever that's like the first principle in that book that I honestly that really did change my life for a reason and so many people have felt the same way. I encourage everyone to read that book. I mean, I haven't heard of that book, so I'm going to add that to my It's list. like one of the OGs. Like it's, 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 it's like the secret and all of that, but I've never heard of this one. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's a bit more like pragmatic to the secret. I love the secret and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But this is more like here are facts and here are success principles that I've studied from many wealthy people. And if you follow them, you will be you know, on your way to a happier life where you can have it all, you know? And I think one thing that even ties back taking your power back is the meditations like in superhuman. I want to dive into that because I think I'm just going to reflect back to you that I think it is very different than some of the other, like we're not sitting there woo woo, like on a lotus tree. It is like, you're walking. It's fun. Like you're making it accessible. You're making it where people can understand it. They don't want to sit still and say Kumbaya, like they don't have to, but that doesn't mean that they can't change their life. So like, how did you approach really leaning into developing something that was so innovative and, and so different? And how do you like come up with your ideas? And I feel like you balance like the, probably the creative and the commercial side so well. And or do you, feel like you. Just channel them? You're just like, I have an idea and you just go. That's such a big compliment. So thank you so much. Honestly, the way that I thought of this new approach was truly for my own need for there were years where I really didn't like most meditation out there. I had like one meditation I liked that I was repeating that felt aligned with me. One of the Joe Dispenza ones, but honestly, there was just one that I liked, like, I love his work and I've been to his workshops, but a lot of them are just too intense and spiritual for me. Still. I loved the morning one that I would just do repeatedly, but it just, you need different stuff sometimes. Um, so for years I was learning about the power of visualization and all that jazz. And I really, there was like no meditation apps that I liked, and there was no variety of meditations that I could truly resonate with. Um, so I started recording these voice memos to myself on my phone and I would just listen to them while getting ready in the morning, while cooking, while going to the gym. And I would just start programming my mind with these visualizations I would record for myself. And soon enough, I started adding music. I started my podcast almost five years ago. So I was, you know, doing it on my professional mic and I was, you know, just really embodying this new future self energy mixed with listening to this visualization kind of audio in everyday moments. And that combination surprisingly was the most transformational or transformative um, practice that I'd ever done in the personal development space. It was actually more impactful than a seated meditation. And the reason is because if you condition your mind to feel and think and believe differently in these everyday once mundane moments, 
I truly think that's what, that's when the biggest opportunity is to change. It's like the Pavlov dog theory, you know, Pavlov rings the bell, the dog salivates. What if every morning when you're brushing your teeth, you're listening to a getting ready meditation every morning, when you're doing your makeup, you're listening to one of these getting ready, getting ready in the morning meditations soon enough, you're going to be doing your makeup in the morning, feeling like confident future self version of you. Um, same as like walking, you know, what if every morning you're walking to the bus stop and you're listening to a 10 minute walking meditation that energizes you, that makes you feel confident, that makes you feel assertive and, you know, whatever you want to feel soon enough, you don't even need that meditation to feel that way. So it was such a, an effective practice and it allowed you to utilize visualization and all these other modalities that we weave into the audio files, um, for your benefit. And I now know that this is not just a theory because we have tens of thousands of users on the app that genuinely have changed their lives with this new approach. It's also, again, like you said, very uh, attainable because it's not very, it's not spiritual. It's not like, and I, I'm spiritual myself. I have nothing um, against it. I love my spirituality, but for me doing these deep spiritual meditations that were telling me to own or to clear my mind or to think about nothing. Like I just hated them. I couldn't do them. I just felt icky. And I just like, was not, it was not my vibe. So I started creating my own. And that being said, we have seated meditations on superhuman, but they're more like, you know, movie moment music and energizing words. And it's like a very motivational, pragmatic type of, um, like audio that you can't really find anywhere else. And, at this point now we have over 500 meditations on superhuman. We're about to launch our new and improved app, um, in the next three weeks, which I'm so excited about. Um, this is something we've been working on for literally eight months. It's been delayed, but I now I'm confident that it's going to be out in the next three weeks. Um, so, so yeah, you know, things have just evolved and you just have to keep pushing it to its limits when you have a business that has that potential. I really think as a business owner, doing something unique is like the most important thing. That's my strategy. Um, you know, and, and whenever I give advice to other people that want to start businesses, um, and I've come up with a few business ideas for friends and, and stuff that are very unique and they work. And my approach is to do something that is, that stands out because it's different, like not trying to be a carbon copy of another business just never works. And energetically, it doesn't work either because people know that then you're just like in competition who can have the lower, the lowest price or get to the bottom faster. Um, that's why superhuman is like a completely different meditation app. It's luxury, it's expensive. And that's because we upload new content every day. I have a team of audio engineers that create like the best mixes and we spend so much money on the actual um, technology itself and, and the app itself. You know, it's it's just, I do everything really well and that's why it stands out. Um, so that being said, you know, if, if people listening love the traditional type of meditation where they clear their mind and it's all designed to help you breathe and relax, that's great. But this, this is for the people that don't really resonate with that or that don't find that fun or that don't stick to that habit because it's just becomes like something you want to check off your to-do list. Superhuman is rarely something you feel you need to check off your to-do list. Like it genuinely changes your state and makes you feel like freaking amazing. So you want to do it. That's the difference. 
And what I really like about it, like you said, it's like the anchors of like, well, you're getting ready. If you've been doing that for a while, you naturally associate getting ready with feeling that way or cooking with feeling that way. And by creating those anchors in your brain, I'm sure, you know, like your neurons literally synapse. And then, you know, next time you're cooking, you just naturally feel good because you've been doing kind of these yeah. meditation slash more like programmings really. Totally. And what I have really noticed, like you said, is that you've scaled without compromising quality. Yeah. I've, I've almost wanted the quality, the quality has gotten better actually, as we've grown, as we've grown, because we, I've bootstrapped the entire business. I've never accepted any investor money up to this point. Not to say that I won't in the future. I definitely will in the future as we expand into more expensive AI type of updates. Um, but it's, it's definitely gotten better and better with time. This new app update is going to be even 10 times better. And people really use the product. Like it's like a music app almost. It's not, people don't even use it like a meditation app. So with the new version of the app, we're launching, um, a playlist feature. Um, so you can create your own playlists and yeah, like it's just, it really acts more like a music app. Like you can scroll through all the different content while continuing to listen to a meditation, you know, little, very simple UI UX design changes, like, um, the skip forward button instead of a skip 15 second button, like people use it that way. Like we, we've noticed and we're doing research on like how people use the product. And it's really more like a Spotify than a headspace. It's it, we're really creating like a new category of sound is like the goal that I have with the product um, to start merging away from the word meditation actually over the next year or so. So we're slowly starting to figure out what to call what these are because they are like our version of meditation, but they really aren't at all at the same time. It's like this new type of audio in a, in a way it's like personal development audio. It's not necessarily, it's not a podcast. It's not just music. It's not just inspiring words. It's like a mix of everything and you don't really listen to it or use it like a meditation. So trying to solve that big problem soon, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of description trying to fit into one word, but I, I see what you mean. It's not really a meditation, but I can see how it can evolve into like a next generation of people listening to audios and this becoming yeah. kind of like a music for their personal development in, in a kind of way with like the words that you're kind of coding into that. Now, mm -hmm. as you've like been building this, how did you let, like, how do you lean in and trust? Because I'm sure it has not been easy. I'm sure there's been like roadblocks and bumps in the way. How did you lean and trust and have faith when you felt like there were either blowups or setbacks with the update or I'm sure there's a million things that have also been bumps. Yeah. A million things. Like my biggest mistake actually was back in November when we should have had the app update out. I told people in October, okay, the new app is going to be out in November. It's now end of February and it's not done. We are now in the friends and family testing phase. So it will be out soon, but you know, you can get the best developers in the world, which we honestly, we love our developers and we have a great relationship with them, but there were problems that they did not foresee, um, that made it so that there were delays and, um, you know, I've had to deal with that. Like I'm friendly with the owner of this company. How do I, as a business person, make sure that my product is going out and I'm not now spending more money on the old app because I've wasted, you know, since this delay, it's not just been a, a delay for my users. I've literally spent like almost 50 grand with the other app developers maintaining my old app until the, the new one is out. So like I, and my staff is busier, like, it's just, there's so many things you need to think about. So 
Um, it's not the end of the world because we have our other app out there. And like, we just know that our users are going to love this one so much more, but they still love the other one. So, you know, many people have actually told us, why are you updating the app? Like this, it looks amazing, but there's so much more that we, like, it's just so much more elevated. The branding, everything about it was just so much more aligned with the brand's future self, you know? So, um, yeah. How do I navigate? Like, just all the stress that comes with being a business owner or just like the comes of life in general. I have definitely tried every single way to manage it. I've allowed it to burn me out a lot of times last year. I'll be honest, looking back at 2022, I burnt out a lot more than I showed online or even understood as what was happening. Um, now I'm like feeling just a lot more, balanced. And I've done many things in my personal life to help me do that. You know, I'm a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but I've like quit coffee and I've quit caffeine. And I've done a lot of things to just balance my own hormones and my stress response and really trying to, you know, flow through the bad things that are happening and trusting myself and my decisions as a business owner too. I think firing people before it gets too late. And, you know, that's been another thing. I used to keep people on for too long that just weren't the right fit because I liked them as human beings, but they just weren't doing their job well. Um, and I just, I've had to learn how to be a boss. You know, I'm not, I'm naturally a very tough and uh, authoritarian type of person. Like I'm soft and loving and I want to be best friends with everyone, but I've had to learn that boundaries exist. And I think all of these little things, just to get to the point, all these little things that I've done over the past, you know, six months, trying to learn how to be a better boss, trying to create more boundaries and doing things to balance my adrenals and stress responses. Like it's all been really paying off now because I can get something like a legal thing going on and I can just be, okay, we're going to deal with it. This is just my business and this is how it is. Right. And, um, I've had to gain that confidence. And last year was a whirlwind because it was the first year of superhumans, crazy growth and me hiring really quickly and learning about what it is to be a business owner and, uh, with a business owner with staff, like it's a totally different type of thing than doing it solo as I had the past, you know, five, six years. So, it's just been like experience has helped me and I'm only really a year and a half into superhuman being what it is. Um, so it's experience and just understanding that everything is going to be okay as well. I use the practices I teach in superhuman for my own life. You know, I don't give my attention or energy to things that I don't want to expand. And it honestly works. Like it really does. As you're kind of like growing this and dealing with all this, how do you balance your relationship also with being an entrepreneur? And I'm, I don't actually think I know what Ben does. Is he an entrepreneur himself or does he have a, a job? I'm not sure, but like, yeah, you- no, he's, he's an entrepreneur too. He has an e-commerce business. So how do you navigate being either like both entrepreneurs in a relationship and like, do you always bring work home for you? Like, how do you separate your relationship and like turning off for work? Cause I know a lot of women entrepreneurs, it can be difficult to kind of more get into our feminine energy and out of like our work that we do. So how do you kind of balance your work with your relationship? It's so interesting. You asked that because I was just recording a solo episode right before we jumped onto this recording. And I spoke about masculine and feminine energy and how I've been 
you know, really trying to uh, separate my boss Mimi energy with my loving, sweet, feminine, like fiance energy, you know? So yeah, it's a great, it's a great conversation. Um, what I said in the solo episode I just recorded was um, I've been advised by one of my coaches um, that I speak to, um, to just do have a habit, like going outside on my balcony for three minutes without my phone at the end of a work day. Like, first of all, separating my work day and my personal day. Like before I was just working all night on and off, you know, I'd eat dinner. Then I go back to the computer. It was just all kind of merged into my day. But now I'm really trying to like close my computer at six o'clock. Right. And I'm on my phone. My team needs me, but usually they don't at that time. So unless there's like an emergency, but Um, yeah. So the tip that my coach gave me was to go outside and like take three minutes to breathe and intentionally reset and intentionally tell myself, okay, I'm taking off the meanie boss hat. And I'm now putting on like the soft feminine, like fiance relationship hat. And that has really helped me because I don't want to be the tough, intense kind of energy with him. Like I want him to be in his masculine as much as possible. I hate being too in my masculine with my partner. I want to be as feminine as possible. Actually. I love it when he takes the control and like he decides, okay, we're having this for dinner. Sure. If I cook it, that's also me being in my feminine. I love being creative, but like, I love that decisiveness from him. And I've noticed in the past, cause we've been together now almost six years like there have been moments where I've been way too much of my masculine and it's affected the relationship. Cause he's like, you know, let me give me room to also be in that state. Cause he's a very masculine guy and he needs to, he feels like he doesn't know where to go if, if I'm taking that role from him. Right. So, um, yeah, like it's such a delicate dance, but that's my intention. It's worked very, very well. And I just have now the personality that I am with Ben, like I have that personality that I am, um, embodying with Ben and, <laughs> it's worked really well. But that being said, you know, we both work from home and we are both entrepreneurs and we both are together 24 seven, basically. So thankfully we work really well in that way. Like we flow very well being together all the time. I rarely get annoyed with him. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we work well. That's so wonderful. I was watching your reel actually, did it, was it today or last night? And you guys were making pasta. And I was like, this is, I love that this is happening on a Tuesday night. I love, I felt like it was just like a fun, like genuine, like take the work jacket off, get into room, just have fun. Even if it's a Tuesday night, make some homemade pasta, which now I want to do. It's been on my list to do. That looks so fun. Homemade. I'm telling you like game changing. I got this homemade pasta maker kit. You can get it for like 40 bucks on Amazon. Like I got this kit for secret Santa for Christmas. And I was like, so pumped when I got it because I was thinking, okay, you know, like I'm going to be in my feminine, make homemade pasta. It's actually so easy to make. Like it's so simple and it was so insanely delicious and such a romantic, romanticized life kind of evening. And yes, like that's what life is all about. So and I think it's important for us to take that time. Like, and I love that you did it on a Tuesday. So it's not a Friday or Saturday necessarily, but like a random Tuesday, you took the time. I don't know if it was like the actual background music or maybe you added in, but I love the fact that there was Italian music too. It was, like- it was actual music. It was literally the music. Yeah. We were listening to Italian. Like that was like a Ben thing. He just thought of, he was like, I'm going to put Italian music on. I'm like, perfect. So mm-hmm. it was fun. I think That's the biggest awesome. trick, like for our relationship 
if I could give any piece of advice for relationships, it's just like, keep it light and keep it fun. You know, like have so much fun together. That's like whatever you can do. If you can laugh together, you can act like kids together. Like that's been like a huge key to our relationship. Like we are children together. The Mimi that you see in this interview is like night and day to the Mimi that's behind closed doors with Ben. Like we like speak to each other in weird languages. (laughs) Like we are like children, like, and it's so fun and like freeing and just, it's just easy, you know? So I love that. Do you feel like routines have kind of helped you balance it all and kind of navigate or like keep you in your best head? I don't want to say head, is that <laughs> keep you the best mindset, head, you know, you know what I mean? That allow you to kind of balance this all, be in your relationship, just feel your best to do all of this? Yeah. I think there are certain habits that I have every day that help me align with my ultimate self that ultimately helps me live in this way. But I've also realized that being too rigid with routine doesn't work for me. Like I used to be very obsessed with like the exact morning routine I would do every morning. And I used to be very obsessed with like checking off everything off my list that I had to do that day and yada, yada, yada. Thankfully I have the freedom now that I'm the business owner. So I kind of make the rules and I would not necessarily want to hire someone that is a little bit more of that like flowy, creative type like me, but there are a lot of business owners need to be that visionary. And I like to hire a lot of the integrator type, the people that actually take my vision because I'm so creative and I problem solve very easily, but the people that actually go and like do the actual work, um, I'm so glad I'm at the point now where I can just hire that because for years I was doing that myself and it was exhausting and depleting for me because I'm not naturally that type of person. Like I'm not always the most logical. I'm not always the most, um, like, you know, routined and, uh, consistent. I'm not, I'm a lot more flowy, creative, very inspired by life and very motivated, but I also have to honor the fact that like, when I wake up in the morning, if I really don't feel like journaling, that's okay. I, I always wake up and I like do my tongue scraping and my skincare routine. And I'll often listen to a getting ready meditation. And that's also why I love like our content on superhuman because it can uh, adapt with your flowiness and it can also adapt to your strict routines. If that's the type of person you are as well. For me, I always listen to something different every day. Like I'm so inconsistent with that meditation routine, but I still do it. Right. So that's kind of the epitome of my routines. Like I will do a meditation every day, but every day it's going to be different. It might be a walking meditation in the morning. It might be a getting ready meditation. It might be a two minute pep talk. It might be an evening meditation. It might be a sleep meditation. It might be a legs up wall meditation. Um, but I, I, I stay consistent with the overarching habit, but I don't do the exact same thing or the exact same activity every day. Um, I do love journaling. I honestly haven't been doing it every single morning, but I kind of think I should start again. Cause it really does make you feel amazing. But at the same time, like I'm not beating myself up for not doing it every morning. I notice I feel better when I put pen to paper. Um, absolutely. I feel better doing that, but I've also been waking up and like, I've been busy. <laughs> like we have been so busy with work. So I'm allowing myself to be in that season. Um, so to answer your question, like, yeah, routines matter, but it's more about the self-image that you have. Like I'm the kind of person that enjoys to do these types of personal growth activities every day. So I'm going to choose one 
And it doesn't have to be regimented and intense and exactly at nine to nine 30 every morning, it's going to be in its own way. So that's just, it's more of a self image than like a strict routine, you know? Yeah. I love how it's like the balance of masculine and feminine, like the consistency of you're going to do something, which is like the masculine structure, the container, something for you, meditation, but what that meditation is, the feminine will flow. One day it's this, one day it's that. So I think you'd literally just describe the perfect balance of a routine of masculine feminine, allowing it to intuitively flow, shift day to day. But there is some vague structure that you're going to do something for you, some skincare. I'm guessing you probably drink water. Now that you're not drinking coffee, what do you, what do you drink in the morning? I actually have like my greens juice in the morning. Like they're my only sponsor for my podcast, but I have Organifi, like their green oh, juice every morning. And uh, I have that. Yeah. Like I, I just have that. Um, and I have two probiotics. I'm on like a supplement routine for my hormone balancing as well right now. So I have two probiotics um, and my greens and just a lot of water in the morning. Um, that's it. Sometimes if I'm traveling, I'll have like a decaf almond cappuccino or almond latte or something, but like, honestly, the caffeine thing, like just, I, I hated people that said this when I used to drink coffee. Like I hated people that were like, Oh, I stopped coffee. I, I hated those people, but I'm now one of those people. So, (laughs) you know, I love the taste. I will probably go back to it at some point, but for right now, I'm just like on a big mission to, stay a bit more balanced because emotionally last year, like I mentioned, I was just a bit too like all over the place emotionally because of the burnout and then the too much caffeine. I'm very sensitive. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I've always been sensitive to everything. So, you know, I, yeah, I am not, I'll have like matcha if I'm going out somewhere and there's like a cafe, but I don't really have that every morning. I'm just now used to not having anything and I feel just fine. It's crazy. I mean, I, I believe you, especially about like the no caffeine. I just definitely don't think I could give up my decaf. Like there's something with the taste. So like I don't, the decaf. Oh yeah. I love a decaf. If I had an amazing coffee machine, I would have a decaf every morning, but I just like don't, and I'm don't have room in my kitchen anymore. I have so many appliances. I'm like, I'm not going to buy a fancy coffee machine to have my decaf coffee every morning. But like, yeah, I totally get it. So does that mean also for your night routine, there's anything specific that you do, you kind of just allow yourself to chill with whatever you kind of need and intuitively give yourself, whether maybe that's a book, maybe it is cuddling with Ben watching Netflix. I don't know. Yeah. It could be any of those things. I will say if I'm reading a nonfiction book or a fiction book, um, before bed, like I love a cheesy romance novel. Everyone knows Colleen Hoover. I've been obsessed with all of her books. So, um, I'm not really good at, I'm quite all or nothing as a person. Um, I guess I could create some self-discipline around this, but when I'm starting to read one of her books, like I finish it within 24 hours. So I like to keep those for the weekend because I just get so immersed in a fiction book when I read it and I just like literally devour it. Um, but at night these days, like we got a like board game thing. It's not a board game. It's like dominoes. We've been playing this Mexican train dominoes thing. So lame. Love it. It's something we'll be playing forever. Um, it's such a fun game. So, you know, doing that or like cuddling up, we like to watch like documentaries or like YouTube animal videos is a fun thing. I only watch like positive things. And this is not something that I am doing because I heard someone say it once. It's truly just an intuitive thing. As you start living a intuitive life, you realize that 
you know, you don't want to be watching any drama or horror movies. Like I have always hated horror movies and I've never felt good watching like, you know, like teeth grinding, like scary, dramatic stuff. So honestly, like I, I don't watch anything that isn't feel good anymore. And I feel so much better because of it. And it's just an intuitive thing. Like I don't want to watch that stuff. So it's a lot of like documentaries, educational things. A lot of the time at night, we'll watch like our favorite YouTube videos on like finance or I, knew it. I, was like, I remember I was like, she's going to say the finance. <laughs> yeah. We love it. Ben's really into finance stuff too. Like we're really into investing. So we'll watch like, okay, what's happening in the stock market or like, you know, this person's views on where the real estate market's going in 2023 or whatever. Like we just like to learn stuff and that's more weekday on the weekends. We'll maybe watch a movie. Like the other weekend we watched Harry Potter, you know, totally chilled. I'm trying. And I I've always said this, but like the less technology I consume, the better I feel, but I'm not I'm not that strict about it. Like at the end of a really long work day, all you want to do sometimes is just plop in front of the TV, which is totally fine. So yeah. Speaking of screens, how do you, do you feel like you ever need to like step away from like, uh, not more like screens, more like Instagram, or do you feel like you've had to, like, how do you feel about your your presence on Instagram? Whether you, do you feel like you need to pull back? Like, do you feel like you're less engaged with wanting to consume content, not necessarily create, but like consume other people's content to kind of tune out the noise for you? Do you feel like that keeps you more in your zone of genius by tuning out the noise of what other people are doing or comparisonitis or anything like that? Totally. I actually, like the only feeling of addiction that I've ever felt in my life, two times I've felt that pull where I'm like, what? Or maybe three times. The first one is when I was a teenager and I had like a bad bulimia binge eating situation, that feeling of like, oh, I really want to binge. Like that was a feeling of addiction. Okay. The, the other time I could think of it was when I was in my party phase in my late teens, early twenties. Um, whenever I would get really drunk, I'd smoke cigarettes. So weird. And so not me, but I would smoke cigarettes only when I was drunk. So I'd get this like craving for cigarettes when I was drunk. And even for like years after I stopped drinking a lot, I have like one glass of wine and like crave a cigarette. I'm like, what? I don't even do this. So that was a weird feeling of addiction. Um, And then the third one is with Instagram. And I still struggle to this day of like being all over the place all day, jumping back and forth from work meetings and being distracted and solving difficult problems and thinking about all the things I have to do. And then like, I have five minutes before my next call and I'll just pick up my phone and like scroll. And then I think to myself, whoa, Mimi, no, this makes you feel like crap. It's actually more disassociation than like relaxation. So it's an active, I would honestly say like kind of an addiction that so many of us face that I'm in the process of trying to be more mindful about. I have all the um, social media timers on my phone. And sometimes I, when I'm like in a mode, I'm like, okay, ignore or like extend for 15 minutes. And it's definitely something I'm trying to work on because I'm really not perfect in this area. Um, and my work life is also very merged with content. I've been a little bit in like a content lull the past, like honestly year or two, I just don't really for sure feel like I know what I want to be posting and it kind of comes as a last priority because I've just been so focused on my business, but I'm in the process now of slowly realizing that like, okay, this is how I want to show up online. Um, I feel like I'm a lot more authentic on like my podcast and stuff, but yeah, Instagram, I'm just like, eh, it is what it is. I, uh, 
sometimes I actually delete the app off my phone for like a whole weekend or, and that really is amazing. And that is always a nice refresh if I'm feeling a bit too, um, attached to it. Um, but I don't go on it for more than a couple hours a day. And for some people, that's a lot of time for some people, that's nothing. I know some people that spend like eight hours a day on their phones. Um, but you know, it's like, it's just something we have to navigate being in a, this day and age, but definitely something I'm trying to work on at the moment. Yeah. Cause I feel like when there, I know there's at least so much intention with you when you show up. I know you say you feel like you're on a content low, but I feel like there is power when you do show up. And I, I'm also curious, do you know your human design? Uh, yeah, I do. Do you want to guess it or should I tell you? I'll tell me, and I'll be honest whether I think that's what it was. Manifesting generator. I thought there was some sort of either manifest or manifesting generator. Like I thought there was some sort of yeah. manifest your energy, but then when you said you couldn't, like you hop to different things, I was like, I think she might be a manifesting. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I I'm like so a manifesting generator. Like whenever I read those descriptions, I'm like, that's me. <laughs> With your podcast, since you feel like you can be, or that's like an easier medium for you right now, do you see that also kind of expanding alongside Superhuman, kind of like as a more personal look in, into you, or kind of how do you see that evolving? Yeah. So funny you ask, I'm actually, I just hired a podcast producer up to this point. My podcast has been so casual, so chilled and kind of just like go with the flow. I don't prepare for anything. And it's just like, I've just been maintaining it for years. I've had it for over four years now. And I've reached a point a couple months ago where I thought to myself, I really need structure and like intention put behind this show because there's so much potential with it. The growth has just been people that know me already. I have not been reaching new people with the show. And I know that's because my energy hasn't been really into it. I'm just like posting to maintain consistency. And I think it's good content, but it's not the best content in the world that I could be offering you know, when I'm comparing that to like superhuman meditations, like I put so much effort and thought into each piece of content for that platform. And then I have a team of audio engineers that perfect it. Then I listen to it to approve it. My team listens to it, to approve it. Then we're thoughtful about how to upload it, what to title it, what, to, you know, there's so much thought that puts, that goes into it. And as I now am like, hiring more people for superhuman. And I have a bit more time for my own personal brand. I'm writing my book right now, like I mentioned, and I'm, um, or I don't know if I mentioned that on this podcast, I've literally recorded five things today. <laughs> so, um, bear with me, but, um, yeah, to answer your question, I've just hired a podcast producer and I'm putting all new recordings on pause, essentially starting like this week to figure out what the new direction with the show is. And I'm going to keep all the best parts of it, um, but I'm going to be a lot more intentional with it. And this producer I hired as a super experienced producer producer that's been in you know, both TV and podcasts for like three decades. And um, hopefully she's gonna help me with the clarity that I have for the show, um, really preparing for each guest and like being very selective with, um, the types of content, the type of content I put out before it was kind of just like, here's a bit of everything, which I know people do like, but having some thoughtfulness put into it too, and having it as more of like a production, I think is what I'm more aligned with for the future of it. And, uh, yeah, so I've just hired her like literally this week and hopefully in the next, uh, two months, we're going to be launching season two of the podcast. So we're going to be keeping all the old episodes, um, and I think we're going to be marking that as season one and then relaunching with a bang with a very, uh, beautifully produced, uh, you know, 
content with very beautifully produced content that has so much thought put into it that's edited incredibly well um, that really brings the listener on a journey and that benefits them in every single episode as to my highest potential as a host, how much I can give them, right? So um, yeah, that I'm really excited about. I will say delegating and finding people to hand things off to has been like my theme lately and it's been great. I feel like there's so many wonderful things that are are coming for you in 2023. Engaged, writing a book, new launch of the app, new launch of the podcast. So many. I, yeah, thank you. I'm really excited too. I just like, let's go. I feel like for so long, I've been in this energy of like, okay, it's almost there. It's almost there. And finally, all these things are going to be released to the world. So I can't wait to see what it's like when that happens. It's like, it's all been like compounding. You've been building momentum for so long that now it's just like all kind of like clicking together and like the dominoes are kind of like aligning. Literally. Yeah, exactly. I have one last question. If someone's going to go to superhuman today, what is like the one you've been really liking lately? What's one's like, whether it's old, whether it's new, you're like, I don't know. There's just something about this one that like you're feeling right now that you'd recommend. Oh my gosh. That's such a good one. Um, okay. One of the older meditations that like my audio quality isn't as perfect as it is in the newer meditations too, but it's so popular on the app and like, just like the music and the words, it's like a 10 minute seated one. It's called golden energy manifestation. People love that one. I love that one. Um, so that one's great, but then I love the getting ready one. So, you know, uh, manifest abundance, getting ready in the AM or like any of like the feel good, positive energy when getting ready in the morning. I just love how that sets the tone for your day. Mm -hmm. The pep talks are also really underrated. I think like they're so powerful to change your state in two minutes. You just listen to them wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I also love like the chillin, the jazzy chillin meditations. If I'm driving, like I always pop one on and it's just like fun jazz music with affirmations. Um, I know I'm giving you so many options here, but the walking ones are also like our classic, most popular category on the app. So any of the like walk into your future, walking meditation is so powerful. There are so many, so many. We just released like lucky girl energy affirmations, chillin meditation. Like we have literally a meditation for everything. Well, we're going to have to, I'm going to try some of the ones you just said. I don't think I've tried the manifesting of abundance, getting ready. So I'm going to do that. Cause I feel like I never know what to listen to while showering, getting ready. So I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that one tomorrow morning. Yeah. Let me just find the title for you. Like I honestly, I have it. Um, oh yeah. Wealthy energy, getting ready in the AM. That's one of them. But then we also have like feel abundance and opportunity while getting ready in the morning, feel unlimited while getting ready in the morning. Love that one. Um, oh, if you are pinched in time and you have, you have like a really long day ahead of you, um, there's a six minute getting ready meditation called reset while getting ready for a long day. That one is so underrated. It's one of my favorites and it's like so quick and easy and it just changes your state. Oh, I love that. And I do feel one last side question. You do add like certain binaural beats also to kind of like support the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I have an amazing. Oh yeah. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I have an amazing team of audio engineers and like, they are so great at finding the perfect music, the perfect frequencies to match the goal that that user has listening to that piece of content. Like everything is so methodic, methodically (laughs) uh, chosen for this content. Like it's really a work of the best possible 
energy put into each piece of content. And that's what you get. And that's what you pay for. And I think that's what you feel. And that's why you have the results is because of all the intention that goes into them. That's why people feel so good. You're not just slapping something together with, with no intention. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you just coming, sharing your story, inspiring. I know I feel kind of lit up and inspired. It's five o'clock. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I'm good. So thank you. Thank you, Olivia. It was so nice to meet you. And I'm so, so grateful to have come on your show. You're an amazing interviewer and um, can't wait to hear the episode when it comes out. Amazing. Thank you.